Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to season 14, episode 11 of the Pet Photographers Club. I'm Kirsty McConnell and today I'm chatting with Craig and Charlotte of Unleashed Education and of course the new hosts of the International Pet Photographer of the Year Awards. So welcome to the show, Craig and Charlotte. It's nice to have you guys here. Maybe you guys can go ahead and introduce yourself really briefly as to who you are and why you're here. Okay, well, I'll go first. <laughs> so my name is Charlotte Reeves. I have been a pet photographer for 16 years and I've been teaching for 10. And with my partner in crime, Craig, <laughs> we run Unleashed Education, which is an online learning platform specifically for pet photography, shooting and editing. So we've got online courses, we do mentoring, workshops, all that fun stuff. Craig, over to you. Yep. And I am Craig Turner Bullock and I'm based in New Zealand. I've been a pet photographer since a long time ago, 2001, <laughs> a long time. And yeah, I have been teaching for a number of years as well. And yeah, we are doing some fun stuff with the creative side of pet photography in Unleashed Education. Yeah. Awesome. So I've got you guys on the show today because most of the listeners probably know, but as of this year, the two of you have taken over hosting the International Pet Photographer of the Year Awards. And with that, of course, you've made some changes to make it even better than ever before. And I wanted to chat all about it today so that we can answer some some questions that might have arisen from that and dive into a little bit of conversation around the awards as well. So First of all, maybe let's, maybe I'll do it actually. This is a bit weird. Normally I get you guys to do it, but maybe I can give a little bit of a, a backstory about the awards and then you can, well, you you can take involved, it over. So it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who are not aware, the Pet Photographer of the Year Awards was created by us here at the Pet Photographers Club a few years ago now. We hosted them as kind of a, a fun thing that we started a few years back, not really realizing how big it would grow or how much of a mammoth task it would be to undertake. <laughs> but we were really proud of what we created. We had, you know, entry numbers were doubling year after year. Uh, we had amazing judges panel lineup each year and judges donated their time to make that happen. You two have both been on that panel before. And we received lots of international recognition through that as well. I mean, we ended up in heaps of big newspapers and magazines, and that was really exciting for for those who were shortlisted and also for the club as well. Last year, there were some big changes here at the Pet Photographers Club. And with those changes, it was just not even close to possible to keep on running the awards. They, as I mentioned earlier, they're a mammoth task. It would take us six months to organize the awards, and that was certainly something I wasn't able to keep doing moving forward and so I thought about like what are the options and you know it is the biggest awards for our industry it it would just be so sad to just have to shut it down because of time and so I thought about like you know what what could happen with the awards and well it made sense to me to offer it to these two because you know Craig and Charlotte as as I said earlier they specialize in helping pet photographers in the creative side of their business so so with 
shooting and editing. Whereas here at the club, we really focus on business. So actually it aligns much better with what they're offering there than what, yeah, than, than what I'm doing over here. And so somehow I convinced these guys to take it on. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's entering the International Petro of the Year Awards are entering a new era under their their leadership, I suppose you would say, as the new host. So that's about the history of the awards, but we're here today to talk about the future of the awards. So guys, what's happening? You've made some pretty big changes, but yeah, first of all, you know, first of all, why did you want to take it on? Um, I'll leave that up to Craig to answer. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I think that, you know, this this industry is so specialized and having such a niche of a specialized subject, I think we need to celebrate that and showcase this industry to the world outside, you know, that pet photography is a thing, that animals are incredible and that there are some really talented artists within this space. And so just to continue to raise that awareness and and celebrate those people doing awesome work. Mm -hmm. And actually, that was like a perfect segue for me (laughs) because actually it's a really interesting point that you made that this is a specialized niche, specialized field. And I was going to ask you guys, like, why should somebody enter the International Pet Photographer of the Year Awards rather than their general like local professional photography awards and maybe you've already touched on it just then but do you want to go into that a little bit deeper either of you yeah well I think it's important to enter a wide variety of awards if you can I know myself and Craig also enter the more general awards I guess with different categories sometimes they have pet and animal categories sometimes they don't and sometimes you need to enter portrait But those awards are definitely good to enter as well. But unfortunately, a lot of the time you're dealing with the judges not actually being specialist pet photographers themselves. So the the scoring that you get and the feedback that you get is not necessarily coming from someone who is an expert in their field. So that's what I really love about having this really niche specialized uh, sort of form in the awards because all of the all of the judges we've got 16 judges this year all of them are specialist pet photographers so when they're looking at your images they they know pet photography they know what to look for they know all about expression and body language and all the things that more general or other genres of pet photographer of other photographer might not sort of be aware of so yeah i think it's i think it's a great thing to to definitely enter both sorts of awards but ours are pretty unique in that in that way i think yeah i think that that's the specialist knowledge of the judges is is the most important part of this whole system for me i think that you're going to get feedback from experts industry leaders in this in this niche yeah for sure and i want to touch on that shortly and about about the feedback that you guys have introduced this year. But yeah, I just wanted to add to that about what you were saying about the judges. I remember years ago now entering our APA, which doesn't exist anymore, the Australian Professional Photography Awards. And uh, one of my images was a pet image and it was really interesting to hear the the feedback from the judges on that because it got debated. It was just really interesting because they were clearly not pet photographers. All they could judge it on was, you know, professional practices, shooting technique, this kind of thing. But they were like shocked and, and in awe, like in a good way of that I was able to even capture this image. And so I think actually got 
awarded higher than it probably should have because of that. That's nice. That worked out well. <laughs> it did work in my favor because, you know, for them it was like, wow, how did you get these two, two like mom and pop to sit side by side like that and on and on, you know, they, they're not pet photographers. So for them it was just like amazing. In our awards, which are now your awards, you know, definitely wouldn't have done so well. <laughs> Because that really helped. So, yeah, it was really in, it's really interesting to compare. I think you know what, these di- these different approaches, I suppose. And like you said, I think it's it's still certainly valid to enter other types of awards, but you'll get something different out of those because you know they Definitely. were really harsh on some other areas that maybe we wouldn't be in pet photography. So, yeah, I'm really glad that you guys are keeping it going. That's for sure. Now, earlier you mentioned judges. There are 16 this year, which is a big change, and also feedback. So let's start with judges. First of all, how did you choose who to get on the panel this year? (laughs) Shall I answer this? Yeah, you answer that. So I basically made a list of like everybody who I really admire and respect in the industry and was like, what would my dream judging panel be? And when when we wrote the list, I was we were kind of talking about different specialities within pet photography, you know, because it's all well and good having 16 judges. But if all 16 judges only know dog photography, then it's not really a pet photography awards. So people who know horses and birds and exotic pets, people who shoot indoor cats, people who shoot indoors, outdoors with lighting, with natural light, people who make composite work, people who more from a like traditional purist kind of angle. So we just put together a, a list of our dream people and we just contacted them and were amazed that everybody said yes. <laughs> yep. Every single one of them that we asked said yes, and we were so we were blown away by that. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So yeah, should I tell you who they are? Yes, go on, give a big shout out. <laughs> read the list. Right. Right. I'm going to read the list. Them. Right. So we have Alex Kearns from Australia. We have Alice Loder. Alicia Zimslowska, Belinda Richards, Charlotte and I. We have Diana London from the USA, Elka Vogelsang, Jess McGovern, Joe Howell, Karen Alsop, Kaylee Greer from Dog Breath, Marika Conrad, Nicole Begley, Sam Haddix, and Travis Pattonode. So some not, very not exciting great. names in that. Well, not some very exciting names in that list. They are <laughs> all very exciting names in that list. Yeah. And you're not I actually feel about like it's starstruck being well. amongst all of these other. Yeah, same. <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be holding judges training shortly, and I'm actually quite nervous about having yes. all of these people on a call because, like, they're all like rock star dog photographers, and <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, you guys. Yeah. And you're not you're not joking that you managed to you know really cover a really wide range of specialties there. I mean, yeah. you've got Alex who does studio. Marika and Alex also photographs all sorts of exotic animals too. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Travis as well, studio. Alice, who does like that beautiful kind of moody look. I mean, a whole range in there. Some of them are, are returning judges as well. So that's exciting yeah. to see. Yeah. We've had some of those names on the panel before. And just the, the you know, different parts of the world where people are from and different mm-hmm. styles that they shoot in as well. So you know, we want to make this a really international event and cover every kind of aspect of pet photography, all styles, you know, and 
and just really expand on what you guys had already created and and uh, really yeah encourage art from all walks of life just make it a truly international competition basically Mm. Yeah, fantastic. Totally makes sense. I mean, yeah, I love the direction you're going. Now, 16 judges, that's huge. I mean, we used to have five, I think six last year, but 16. So I'm imagining that's because of feedback. Is it correct? Yeah. So we definitely wanted a lot of judges. We also wanted to make sure that because a lot of the people that are entering are people who are our students. So through Unleashed Education and, you know, workshops and mentoring, that kind of thing. So we need to be able to abstain from judging images that we're already familiar with. We thought that was quite an important part. So having that huge pool of judges to draw from, it means that you're going to get five sets of fresh eyes on your work, which is amazing. Plus the feedback. So each image also receives two pieces of written feedback. So two judges will provide written feedback on every single image. And we we included that some competitions make you pay extra for feedback. We feel so strongly about the power of feedback that we wanted to include it as standard for every single entry. So you can opt out, but most people choose not to because, I mean, it's it's just so good to know what what the judges are thinking because I think that's yep. a lot of the time you enter a competition and you're just not sure yep. like why it scored the way it did and it you might have so in much, your head, doesn't it yeah like you might have in your head that it's an absolutely fantastic image and it, it just doesn't go anywhere and you're like oh but I want to know why <laughs> so we we're hoping to kind of remove the mystery from the judging process and just really I mean even when you enter some other awards some of the you know the bigger awards like the Australian and the American Photography Association Awards, you're not always guaranteed feedback. You know, even live judging, they may not talk about your image. And I always find it a little bit frustrating when they don't. So mm, I just think it's yeah. so nice to to be able to provide that for everyone so everyone gets feedback. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited that you guys have brought that in this year. Last year was the first year, I think, that we brought in feedback and it was an optional add-on. And we were really surprised because (laughs) Caitlin and I just thought, oh, yeah, a few people will want that. And so many people opted for that, which became a huge task, as you guys know. And it was totally unexpected. And that really showed to us, like, oh, okay, like, they do, you know, the the entrants do understand that it's it's a valuable thing. And so to see that you guys have made it included from the beginning totally makes sense. And I agree with you 100% about entering awards where you don't get the feedback compared to when you do. It really changes the experience. I mean, if you're entering awards like ours used to be where, like these used to be, where there is no feedback, the only real reason to enter is to win because it's not really educational in the end. So it's a, it's a fun thing to win or maybe get into a short list or something like that. But you can't make it overly educational if all you're seeing is a score and only our members ever saw scores. Whereas, like I mentioned earlier, like when I entered the APA, for example, and few of my images, or oh, I entered four, and one didn't get discussed at all and the other three did because they got debated and moved up or down or whatever. And the one that didn't, you're right, I was bummed. I was like, but but I didn't know what you guys were thinking, like why why it did well or didn't do well or, you know, whatever. And so I know like just comparing that experience in the one in that particular awards 
which was a print, it's a print comp. Yeah, it was just such a difference even between those images, between if it was discussed or not. And the amount of learning from hearing a expert panel discuss your your particular image is huge. And I know you're doing it a slightly different way, but to have written feedback, I think that's even more valuable. So I really love that you guys have turned this into a full educational experience for everybody. That's awesome. Also helps to justify the the price as well, because, you know, the awards used to be free. And as I said, at the very beginning of this episode, we, you know, it, it was a huge undertaking to, I know firsthand to do these awards. I know you guys have made it even bigger and better. And so it's even more work for you guys. And the entire reason that I'm not able to continue doing it is because I literally cannot give six months of my life to running a free event. And so when I saw you guys made it paid, I mean, of course you have to, it's the only way to actually run it properly, to do it justice like you guys are, and to take these awards to the next level, but to, to include the feedback in that, in those entry entry cost, I guess you call it, I think makes it 100% worth it. I mean, just getting the individual feedback is already worth the price. So let's talk about the cost of entry and why you actually decided to do it, because that's just me assuming. Um, so <laughs> yeah, maybe you guys can talk more about that. How much actually is it? And and yeah, why did you introduce that price tag? Do you want me to go, Charlotte? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So well, we, we introduce costs because it's costing a lot to run this awards. And, you know, we have 16 judges who are being paid for their time. We have lots of overheads with judging systems and developers designing software specifically for us to be able to judge this in the way that we need it to be judged to make it as fair as possible. So yeah, we we have to compensate for that. We are also giving cash prizes this year, which is a first for for the awards as well. So the overall photographer of the year will win $500 and each of the five category winners will get $250 plus trophies as well. So there are costs associated, not even thinking about the amount of time that Charlotte and I put into it, which you've mentioned about how time consuming that is a couple of times already. <laughs> but yeah, we we truly believe that the value is in the feedback from these incredible judges that we've got on board and that that's worth it alone. You know, a lot of these people will be charging a hell of a lot more for mentoring if they were, you know, if you were to approach them on a one, one-on-one one basis. So, yeah. So entries are open now until the 30th of June. And if you enter a single image, it's $25. So this is US dollars. You can enter five images for $100. 10 images for 180 and 20 images for $320. So the more you more entries you buy, the cheaper it gets. So anything ranging from $25 for that one image to $16 for 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 a pack of 20. And uh, yeah, you can enter 20 images or 22 images, I should say, shouldn't I, Charlotte, really? Because you can enter up to 22. And uh, yeah, it's it's really down to each entrant how many entries they want to buy but yep. yeah the the pricing that we kind of decided on is also pretty much internationally sort of industry standard yeah. for this kind of or this style of competition so we didn't just pluck a number out of the air it was it was fairly well researched so most competitions that you enter of this format are around the same sort of price often they will charge extra for feedback too yeah most um, of so them they might do. end up more more expensive for each entry mm-hmm. at the end yep. of it so yeah 
Yeah. What I, what I love is that actually, you know, you've, you have kept it quite accessible. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all photographers, which means we all had enough money to somehow come up with a camera and a lens, if not multiple lenses, a computer, Photoshop subscription and so on. I mean, it's not like you're asking thousands of dollars to enter these awards. Of course, it's, it's you know, it can be tough for some people at different times. And of course, we're everyone is aware of that. But even having the option that they can just choose to enter one, I think that makes it, you know, super accessible. It's not like you've made it that it's a minimum of 10 and X amount of money for that. You know, I remember entering APA where it would cost me over $1,000 each each year because you had to print, you had to pay for entries. Yep. It was crazy expensive. And then also if you wanted to go to the awards night, then you had to get a dress and it was like, gosh, I was just starting <laughs> out my business. I was like, can I even afford this? Anyway, yep. and yet still entered and, and I still thought it was worth it. So with your award, with, with the awards today, how you guys are doing them, I love that you've made it really educational. I love that the judges are being paid for their time. You mentioned that very briefly earlier. And I think that's fabulous because that's something we weren't able to do and I always wished we could have because it is a lot to ask of the judges. Yeah. And especially the way you're doing it now with all the feedback, it's it's a lot of time and it's only fair that they get paid a small, you know, something at least to to show appreciation. I don't know what your payment is like, but it's there's something there standard, for basically. them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, I think, you know, all the uh, all the changes that we've made I think I think when people see the changes see the information on the website all of that stuff like I think it becomes pretty obvious that you know it it could not continue to be free so yeah Um, (laughs) we've got got new categories this we've got a new category this year we're doing the award ceremony live in in Las Vegas at the Shutterhound conference that Kaylee and Sam are putting on so you know there's there's lots of really cool stuff happening that yeah we hope we'll just keep the growth of this Mm-hmm. in a upwards trajectory every year on year yeah I don't actually know I'm worried about next year now because like I don't know what we're going to do to to improve again so <laughs> nice. we've got um, some ideas, speaking of, sorry speaking of the categories the scoring the actual awards let's just dive into that before we wrap up because we haven't spoken about it at all really and I know that you have added a new category renamed a category scoring is completely different and of course, you mentioned earlier, there's cash prizes, but there's also trophies and this kind of thing. So let's dive into that a little bit. First of all, tell us, what are the categories this year? Okay. So do you have them up there, Craig? Yep. <laughs> I, I have them in my head. Anyway. <laughs> hey, I know. Um, <laughs> so we we have got the portrait category, which is carrying, continuing on from, from previous years, along with the pets and people category and the... The open category, which is now called creative. And then we've also got the action category. So those four categories essentially are the same as previous years. Aside from open has now been renamed creative. And our new category this year is a documentary category. That's cool. Yeah. I'm well, excited about we've, that. Seen, we've seen some incredible photographers doing some awesome work in the dog sport arena, in animal advocacy spaces. And that's a style of photography, I think, certainly in in the pet photography world that 
doesn't really get a lot of recognition. So we wanted to bring some attention to the amazing work that people are doing in that space as well. So, yeah, so we're excited about about that new category and, and yeah. Awesome. Uh, no, that's cool. I'm excited that you introduced, introduced that. It's something we also spoke about last year, I think it was, that, you know, those images, like you just mentioned, they don't quite fit into the, any of the other categories. And yeah. so they would maybe not get entered in the first place or if they would, it yeah. was hard to judge them based on that category. So to give a, a unique category for that, that's great. I'm really excited to see that. Do you want to just, I mean, you kind of dived into what people could enter into the, that category, but do yeah. one of you want to also give some kind of, I don't know, insight into how maybe an entrance, an entrant could choose or to, could work out which is the best category for their image? Because that's a question we used to get all the time, you know, like yeah. does it go better in creative or portrait, for example? for example, or when should it go into this one and when should it go into that one? So maybe you guys want to just give a little bit of a yeah overview as to how that works. So I think the, the, the biggest thing really is the editing rules. So we've, we've brought in some editing rules for each category. Basically, there's, there's sort of two different types of editing. So there's faithful editing. So with the faithful editing, basically, it kind of excludes images that have been created using composite techniques. So anything that's been created using a composite technique, there's a combination of multiple images that needs to go into creative because the other categories, so portrait, action, pets and people and documentary, you're not actually allowed to enter composite images into those categories. So that's a pretty easy one. I guess, I mean, obviously, if you're the, if there's humans included, you're probably best to put that into pets and people. That's going to fit into that one better. Action's pretty straightforward. The documentary editing rules are also a little bit different. They, Craig, they're a bit more. Yeah, they're, uh, it's a little bit more specialised. So documentary images shouldn't be staged and orchestrated. They should be kind of organically created, shot as seen. And therefore, you're a little bit more limited to the types of editing that you can do on documentary images. So you can't do head swaps, for example, which you can do in the faithful editing categories. So for portrait, for action, for pets and people, you could do a head swap. But for documentary, you can't. You can still do cropping. You can remove like sensor spots and dirt and things like that. And you can do some dodging and burning and those kind of things, but pretty purist in terms of editing techniques on the documentary category. So Mm. kind of like, yeah, what you could do in the dark room basically is is what you can enter in documentary and anything. Pretty much. Pretty much so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, just no, no, no elements of compositing or, or anything like that in documentary. Cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think. We are we are quite realistic with the faithful editing. So we do, as Craig mentioned, we do allow head swaps. We allow exposure stacking. We allow leash removal and collar removal and anything that you want to do that's in relation to keeping the animal safe as you're photographing it. So those sorts of things are allowed in the faithful editing. If you did want to check that out on the website, just go to the page called Entry Information and have a look at the editing rules. So it's all like out All there, the rules what you are there. Yeah. for each category. Yeah. Okay, um, perfect. So, so that yeah, that's the rules. I guess we should probably mention the awards. I guess too, right there, how how we're earning award, how you're earning awards with your images, yeah. uh, I and do, the scoring yes, and things. Yeah, um, let's do, let's start with scoring actually, Craig, yeah. because 
you know, at the moment we've got a, quite a good picture now, like what's going to get entered where, that they're going to get feedback and all of this kind of thing. But yeah, how are they scored? Because I know you've completely flipped it upside down. It's more in line with traditional competition now. So you guys, um, yeah, let us know exactly what you're looking for and, and how they're going to get judged. Yeah, so so we have a list of judging criteria that we will be going through. As I said, we've got the judges training coming up soon. So the judges will be trained on how to use the system, but also what to look for in terms of creativity, originality, emotional response, technical skills, composition, light, appropriate use of techniques, all of those different things that make up an image and make an image awesome. So that's what the scores will be based on. And we, we've just switched the scoring up to a score out of 100. So like you said, a little bit more in line with a lot of other awards and competitions out there. And so within each scoring range, you will actually win, win an award at some level if you reach a certain score. So we, we're not going to have a, a top 100 or a, a top 25 shortlist this year, but you will be awarded for, for certain scores. So uh, we have a bronze, a silver, a gold, and a platinum award for the images. And if you score, well, oh, hang on, let me bring up my... Oh, I've got it here if you like, scores. Right? Yep, you do want to tell yeah, the scores, yeah. Charlotte? Yeah, so basically anything higher, any score, and the, and the score, obviously five judges will give a score and then that score is average. Average between five, yeah. Yeah. So the final Sorry, average before score. Before you go on, Charlotte, are you doing an extra layer of if there is an outlier to have, you know, to look at it further or it's just a straight out average to keep it simple? Yeah, it's there's not going to be like challenges or anything like okay. that. And it, yeah. yeah, not that would be too, that's too hard for this first year. <laughs> It would be really lovely in the long term to do live judging. Yeah, we'd love and to do live judging. I think judging. that sort of format lends itself to be able to to do that sort of model where you have challenges and you know people can talk up the talk up the score amongst the group of of judges. But yeah, we're just keeping it pretty simple this this first time we're doing it. I know, totally get it. Like I'm already impressed with how much you know you guys have added to the awards. So yeah, don't worry. I I probably was pushing it a bit much, even no, asking. No, we, we did, we did <laughs> consider live judging and we did think about, <laughs> oh, is it possible to actually do judging at Shutterhound and all of these things? And yeah, it's maybe, maybe next year, maybe it's definitely something on our radar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, sorry, can you just, before you go ahead then, just give us a bit more clarity with the judging. So is it like, certain amount of points towards each of those criteria you just said or is it an overall that the judge makes a decision like they look considering all of those things and decide okay 82 or 78 or whatever yeah so the the judges the score will be at the judge's discretion there's not a breakdown of you get 10 points for this 10 points for that or anything like that it's it's based on the overall overall image and how the judge kind of sees the image what those criteria have been met and and their yeah their emotional response and and how they they feel and and things like that so i i think the the thing with any of these kind of awards is that there is an element of emotion involved there is 
it is art at the end of the day and that is subjective and i think that's why you know having five judges per image is and taking an average of those judges scores is is probably the fairest way to do it because you know we all come from different walks of life and we all see art differently we all have different opinions of different things so getting multiple judges to score an image and coming up with an average i think is the is the fairest way i think to to get a result for for each image yeah now charlotte you were actually on a really good roll before and i interrupted you (laughs) (laughs) so I'll let you continue sorry okay great so so the average final score that someone receives for an image will be between zero and 100 so anything from 50 to 64 we would count as below professional standard from 65 to 74 we count as professional standard a professional standard image then we start getting into the awards so from 75 to 79 is counted as a bronze award from 80 to 89 is silver, from 90 to 94 is gold, and then 95 and above is platinum. So those, so once you receive the score, you'll basically receive the corresponding award. We will be giving you badges that can be placed onto the image so, so entrants can share their achievements. That's awesome. I know there was a little bit of confusion at first. Maybe people hadn't read quite you know, everything on the page yet or whatever to quite understand that. So that's awesome that you've clarified. I know there were some people saying, oh, but I, I was excited to win the top 25 shortlist or top 100. But in this way, it's almost like more likely that you'll have a badge because, you know, if it's more than, what was it, 75? If you score yeah. more than yeah. 75, then, you know, you, you'll yeah, have so a bronze there's no, badge. There's no limit on, on the number of awards we'll be giving out. So if, yeah. you know, if, 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 any image scores above that 75 marker, then it's an awarded image. Um, It's almost like each image is awarded based on its own merits rather than being, I guess, compared to other images, more of an individual sort of thing for each image, which I think is, yeah, it's a lot more freeing, I suppose, when it comes to the images being awarded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so... We should talk about the the actual category wins and how people win the categories and the overall and that as well, I guess. Yes, definitely. (laughs) So yeah, so for, so you each image will be scored and receive a score, and then for each category, the top ten images for each category, so the ten highest scoring images in each category, will be rejudged. So they will be the finalists for that category, which we'll be announcing in advance, and then the those ten images will be rejudged by fresh eyes and winner will be decided between those top tens for each category. Sorry, is, the, is the winner decided based on who has the highest scoring image then? No. So the so the top ten highest scoring images in each category will then be finalists for that category. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the highest scoring image will be the winner. So they will then go into a judge off and they will be rejudged and a winner will be decided on rejudging. Again, in a similar way to most of the awards in the industry are are, are done at the moment. So that is how each category will be decided. And then the category winners will receive a trophy, a certificate and $250. And then to win the overall title of International Pet Photographer of the Year, we will be taking the people who have got the five 
high, the the cumulative highest scores from their f- top five images. I've got to speak about that. Cumulative scores from their top five entries. So basically to win the overall title, you you will need to enter at least five images, but you only need to enter one if, you, if you're going for like a category win, for example. But to win the overall prize, five images. And again, we will be announcing the finalists for that. And those five images for each of the finalists will be going into a judge-off where they will be rejudged as a... Um, portfolio of five images and then a winner will be decided and I think it's really important here to say that the portfolio of images they do not need to be consistent or all look the same or you know have the same editing or the same color scheme or you know anything like that they just they will just need to be five awesome images and if you're one of the five highest scoring people in the categories anyway then you're obviously going to have a pretty decent image to start with. So, yeah. So we're not looking for consistency of the look or or the style of the images across the board. Yeah. 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 And they can be from different categories. So they could, I mean, their top five images may all be from the same category. They may be spread across multiple categories. So, I mean, we might have a winner who's entered, you know, one in each, or they might be all portrait images. So it's got, it's based on the the individual scores of the image rather than the categories. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's a bit, yeah, that's a bit different. That's new. So that's exciting. Cool. (laughs) Now. (laughs) And the winner gets. $500 a certificate and a trophy (laughs) and we will be presenting them at Shutterhound live in Las Vegas. So it would be really awesome if the winners were in the room. Um, So get your tickets to Shutterhound people. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right, guys, that's cool. Is there anything else that we need to know that maybe we haven't covered yet? Because we've gone through quite a lot now. I mean, we've we've discussed, you know, the background of the awards, the judging lineup, which is incredible, the cost, the feedback the actual category scorings and what you can win. Have we missed anything that's new I'm just this looking year? At my list of what's new. So we can <laughs> um, something that I, I would like to something that I would like to probably mention at this point, and only because within the last week it's kind of blown up in the photography world, is oh, AI. AI. Yep. Absolutely. So Photoshop's new generative fill currently in beta. It's going to be in the actual version of Photoshop really soon. It's going to allow, it's going to make it really easy for people to incorporate elements into images that were not originally captured by them. So we will, we do have a rule that images may not use this new AI technology, generative fill or any other programs used to incorporate elements not originally captured by the photographer and that's across that's competition wide that's across all categories even including the composite creative category all elements need to be created by the photographer okay um, so let's just break it down a little bit so for example if I wanted to have like I don't know a texture over my image I would have to photograph that texture and then apply it in whatever processing way I cannot purchase an already created texture is that correct correct that's exactly correct yes every single element incorporated in the image needs to be an original capture by you as a photographer yeah okay um and um things like text and anything like that needs to be photographic based as well so no there's no reason why you can't put text on an image but that text needs to be photographed in some way to be able to be incorporated you can't just write text in on the image in in photoshop 
and, and submit. So every element must be photographic and every element must be created by the photographer. Within right. the now, time frame. Yeah. Also. Yeah. So oh, it yes. all has to be it all has to have been created within the last five years as well. Now that's a great rule, I think. <laughs> and I also saw that it must be entered for the first time. Is that correct? Yep, that's another yep. rule. Okay, so cool. yeah, we yeah. Why um, did you guys do that? <laughs> Devil's advocate. I, <laughs> I know why you did it, but I think we could talk about it. Okay, so okay, a couple of reasons why we have introduced a five-year rule. First of all, it does seem to be something that is fairly standard in awards, but that's you know we we want to make this awards unique anyway, so that's not really a, a major consideration. The biggest consideration, I think, is that you know this is art and photography, and this this process changes we grow as photographers non-stop we're always learning there's always new techniques we can try and so we want you to be creating work that is new and fresh and we don't want to encourage you going through your archives from you know a decade ago and going oh I might stick this one in the awards this year that's been <laughs> sitting on my hard drive for t- you know we want this to represent what is happening in the industry now so being able to mm-hmm. enter new work that is fairly recent within the last five years I think keeps everything fresh it keeps people wanting to create going out and and pushing their own boundaries and I mean you know maybe you want to go out and shoot specifically to enter the awards maybe you're entering client work but having it be of of images that are newer from your collections and your Lightroom catalogs and whatever, I, I think is the most important thing that we, I think that's why we came to that decision is to make it fresher and, and, and current. And current. Yeah. 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 Look, at the end of the day, it's the International Pet Photographer of the Year Awards. So, you know, you've got to think about like, people who are making composites and things as well, you know, where they do build their own stock libraries of textures and things, you know, you might, you might want to use a texture that's five years old on an image that you shot last week and you might not have the opportunity to always go out and shoot new textures. So, you know, you can still incorporate things like that into composite work and things as well. So yeah, we didn't want to be um, too restrictive. Some yeah. competitions have a two or even three year limit, but yeah, we thought five was pretty generous. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I mean, it's a yeah. good balance because like you said, you want it fresh, you want new content. Yeah. You, you want uh, people to push themselves. That's the whole point of entering awards. Yeah not just looking back through archives, but at the same time, like you said, you know, there might be an element that you're going to include that is shot, you know, earlier on, or maybe you're entering something that's from a trip that you did and you can't just go and redo that trip again, you know, like, and it's the most amazing image. So at least five years allows for something like that. Speaking of trips, actually, a couple more rules I'd like to run by. The first one is that one. What about images that were taken at workshops? Okay, so this is, yep, this is definitely a pretty important rule. So we feel that the images should be the work of the photographer. And often when you're in a workshop or a retreat, 
that sort of situation, you are being directed, supervised, taught. There is input from an outside source to allow you to create that image. So we basically wanted to make sure that it's all the photographer's work and it's not sort of influenced overly by other people. Also, when you're working in a retreat and in that sort of situation, like we both run retreats, we know what how, what can happen. When you're in a group shooting situation, there can be very similar images taken by multiple people. So we wanted to sort of rule out that happening. Mm-hmm. Perfect. We just had a from a from an entrance point of view as well. You know, if you've got an image taken at the same place at the same time, but from a slightly different angle of one dog, you know, the first time a judge sees that, you know, it it doesn't matter whose image it is. The first time the judge sees it, it might be quite impactful. But then, if you then see that similar kind of image again in ten images time, it's not going to be as impactful because the judges have just seen it. So you're probably not going to score as well as as the person whose image came up first, even mm-hmm. if your image might even be better than theirs, because it's not going to be new and and exciting and fresh. So it would have less impact when judges see it. So from the entrance point of view, I, I think that, that that's a really important consideration, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We actually, or I had a, a rule and both the retreat so far and all the future ones as well anyway, that we said from the retreat point of view that any images created at the retreat should not be entered into any awards. I knew that because of hosting awards. <laughs> yeah. Unless you completely created the image yourself. If you took the dog away, you found the lighting location, you found the background, you worked with the dog one-on-one, there was no influence from anybody else, then it's your image. But if you know, anybody else had any kind of impact on your image, you know, somebody helped you pose it, somebody did the lighting, somebody chose the background, etc. then it's, as far as we, we were saying, then it's not 100% your image. And so, you know, even using it like, you know, on your socials and stuff should always be said that it was taken at a retreat because it's not fair on your clients. That's the kind of the very strong opinion <laughs> that I have yeah. around this topic because I, I it's, like you said, you, you know, hosting the awards in the past, we would see images come up. We had a rule also, the same rule that you, you had to have created the image yourself, but still people would enter and you'd see the same image come up. Like you just said, Craig, from three different angles. And it was like, oh, okay. So these guys were all at a workshop together. So <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I think it, it just goes back to, you know, we don't allow any AI we don't allow any images that are not created by the entrant in composite work or otherwise. So in the creation process of the image, then it makes sense that we don't allow anything from workshops because that is not all the photographer's own work and their own ideas either. Mm-hmm. So we, we want to yeah. make sure that what we're seeing is truly each photographer and, you know, the essence of what they, they do and put in to their work. Yeah, yeah, fabulous. Now, speaking of rules, there was just one other that caught my eye that I was very happy to see back again, which was about safety. So do you guys want to go into that a little bit further? I think it's really important. And I think it's just, I mean, we've got this platform to discuss safety now anyway. And I think the awards is a great way to encourage it further because we, you guys would see it as well. I see it too, quite a, not a lot, but enough that, you know, there are images that are being put out into the world that aren't really very safe for the dog or the the person and to have this opportunity to discuss that a little bit further I think is is quite important so tell me uh, about this safety rule 
So yeah, when it comes to unsafe situations, I'm I'm thinking of a particular example. I'm just going to pull this one and just use this one as an example is railway tracks. So uh, I think I think most people can probably agree that railway tracks is probably not a particularly safe environment for anything other than a train really. So dogs on railway tracks, not very safe. We do have people that that photograph dogs on railway tracks and they argue that it was safe because the tracks were decommissioned or perhaps it's some sort of model railway that only runs on weekends. There's often a variety of reasons why they might deem it safe. However, that is, when you look at it, it's promoting unsafe practices as a whole. The person looking at the image doesn't know that the railway tracks were decommissioned. They get the idea and they think, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to go photograph dogs on railway tracks. So we're basically trying to avoid that whole scenario of perpetuating these kinds of images that can potentially result in, you know, loss of life even. So those sorts of situations are ones that we are definitely not going to be accepting in the images that are submitted for the awards. Okay, great. Exactly right. You know, I mean, we cannot be putting, even if it's the most incredible image in the world and it is on a, you know, decommissioned track, et cetera, as that example, I certainly don't want to see that as the, you know, on the category winner of portrait, for example, and then spreading the message to everybody else that this, you know, to not worry about it, that it's totally fine. Everything is safe. You know, I think there are many other examples that we could talk about. And I know you've listed some in the rules. So, Make sure, guys, you can go and have a read through and just double check, but also just, you know, use your own common sense. Like, okay, was this safe? Yes, it was. Does everybody else know that it's safe without being there? And then yeah. then you can make the decision from there. I imagine the same goes, same rule goes for also the the safety of the dog in terms of like reducing stress and this kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, again, that's one thing I think is quite unique with this awards platform is that we are looking for safety. We are looking at the body language of the animals in, you know, in the images that the the dogs are comfortable and don't look really stressed out. You know, if you're going to if you're going to pose a dog with its with its newborn human baby brother or sister that, you know, it doesn't look like the dog is going to just bite somebody in a minute you know it's not safe necessarily to do that so all of those things will will be taken into consideration we have we have like we talked about train tracks there are some other safety issues that we don't allow into the awards so train tracks powder shots and and really anything that is an unsafe practice that the the subjects of the image whether that's people or the animals in the images could be in danger from so yeah have a look at the the rules on the website and and make sure you're familiar with all of that so yeah it's really about the animals and celebrating animals and not putting them in danger the the risk with that of course is that somebody else will see an image that's won an award and that perpetuates a trend or or starts off something and you know when people see other people be successful they go oh i want to try this out for myself and then they go and put a dog on a train track but maybe it's a live train track and you know things can go wrong so well so, yeah, yeah and especially so for sorry craig especially for you know, up and coming photographers, emerging photographers. We also have young people following, you know, following along on this kind of thing. I mean, I remember seeing train track shots when I was in school studying photography. I was 16 years old and I was like, 
so confused about it. Like, oh, that's random. Why do you want to stand on a train track for a, for a portrait? And then eventually kind of I saw so it was very trendy back then. And I saw so many that I was like, I should do that, you know, and I actually thought like that that would be cool eventually, you know, 17-year-old yeah. me. I- and okay, it changes over time. And, you know, it's not just young people, you know, if you're new to the industry or whatever it might be, or you've just seen so many that it becomes normal. So, you know, exactly. We do have a responsibility, especially, you know, as, as hosts of the awards, you guys have the responsibility as well to, to avoid encouraging that kind of thing. So I'm really glad that you've, you've stayed, you know, strong with that and doesn't surprise me whatsoever. And, you know, there are so many other amazing backdrops or or ways to become creative without putting anybody at risk and we've seen that you know year on year time and time again how amazing you know photographers are in terms of creativity and that's exactly what the awards is all about isn't it just pushing that to the next level so absolutely yeah I'm for one very excited to see this year's winners and and as many images as get shown around I can't wait to see them all so when do entries they're already open when do they close and when can we expect to get some updates in terms of scores and this kind of thing um, okay, so award entries are open until June 30th at 5 p.m. Australian time. That is the deadline for your entries. Then we will be going through the judging process through most of August, probably, depending on how many entries come in. We will be announcing the finalists of the categories and for the overall Pet Photographer of the Year title on September the 1st. The awards ceremony will be live at Shutterhound Conference in Las Vegas at the Mirage Hotel at the closing of the conference on September the 7th. And all all of the winners and, and everything will be online shortly after that. And then the entrants will have received all of their scoring, all of their feedback and all of their badges for their images no later than September the 10th. We go. So that's a that's a time. So that timeline is also on the website. So <laughs> make sure wow. you go and have that's... a look and, and and see that timeline too. There's a, there's a lot going yeah, guys, on. Easy in September for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. We, we have a, we have a busy September. Very busy. Yeah, September, August and September. September. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Now, you guys, actually, for the for the listeners, as you guys all know, normally this these episodes are released as two halves, the first half that goes out to the public through Spotify, iTunes, whatever your favorite podcast listener is. And you can listen to the first half free anywhere on the go. The second half gets released only to our members. It's also in your favorite podcast player using your favorite, your, sorry, your private RSS feed link this week or this episode, because it does, you know, it kind of, all the information goes out to everybody. Everybody needs to hear it. We didn't want to, you know, segment just half for members, half for listeners, etc. free listeners, etc. So this entire episode is going out to everybody. If you are a member though, we have a bit of a bonus for you because I wanted, you know, didn't want to just jib you of your, of your benefit for this week. And so Craig and Charlotte very kindly offered us up 10, actually, maybe you guys want to go into the details so I don't mess it up. <laughs> 10 coupons. Okay, go on, go on. Okay, so yeah, we're providing 10 free entry 
codes and that will entitle you to a free entry. So you'll just need to follow the links on the International uh, Pet Photographer of the Year website and register for an account and then you'll just be able to enter this code and redeem your free entry. So this is regardless of whether you've already bought entries or you haven't bought any yet, you'll be able to redeem that free entry. They're all single-use codes too. So once they're used, that's it. (laughs) All right. And it is one per person and there's only 10 available. So if you've been thinking of entering or you've got one extra image that you hadn't entered but you're wanting to and you haven't got around to it yet, This is your opportunity. It's for members only. So I'm going to send out the details in the members Facebook group. So check in there. You'll have to contact me to grab your code. It's one per person, maximum of 10. So jump on it. Don't hesitate. And most of all, for all of you listening, good luck. Remember to, you know, this is about growth. This is about education. This is about celebrating the industry. So have a go. You know, you're going to get feedback regardless. And I encourage you all to yeah submit your best in- images from the last five years. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Thanks so much, Kirsty. Like yeah. we're we're cool. very grateful for your continued support in this. And yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm grateful for you guys for taking it on. <laughs> no, before we wrap up, guys, just let the listeners know exactly where they should go. What is the web link for the awards nowadays? Okay, so there is a brand new website for this year and it is petphotographyawards.com. Nice and simple. So if you visit that website, that's got all of the information that you need on there, all the entry information, information about the judges, a link so that you can actually go and create an account and upload and manage your images. It's also got information about the past winners and there's a few tutorials on there that we've created to help you prepare your images and also check your images before submitting to make sure they meet all the criteria. So there's a ton of information on that website, petphotographyawards.com. Easy. Awesome. Thank you so much, you guys. And yeah, for the listener, good luck. Yeah, yep, good luck. I good cannot luck. wait to see your incredible work. And yep. uh, yeah, we'll see you in Las Vegas, awesome. eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay.